he's the guy that's most famous for being everyone's new dad. <laughs> that's funny because I think he would statistically say most of his followers are young men. I think it's um, more dangerous for women to say that they like him. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't plan for that, but he knows, he he that, he knows how he wants to make you look on that, the podcast. That open-minded and that curious. Mm. He's not... Well, that's he definitely yeah, far right sort of person. Definitely thinks he's liberal. Yeah, like you don't. It's just every news article about him says he's far right because that's what they want to argue. But he's not like that at all. Like it shifts mm. the Joe Rogan sort of podcast from UFC or crazy ideas to deep philosophy. Like mm. he's like the one of the guys that came on that did that. The model of YouTube is the longer the videos that are natural and organic, the more views you get. So, you know, what started as an idea of. Um, a, a way of talking about concepts has become the most successful one. G'day everyone, welcome to Sci-Fi, where we uncover some interesting things about interesting people and psychology. Morning Tom, Tom, how you doing? I mean, pretty good. I well, like are you going the uh, ponytail for today? Yeah, giving it a go. Now it's locked in on social media forever. <laughs> I also like that we now have a bloopers reel. With your intros that you keep stuffing up. <laughs> keep stuffing up. One. <laughs> one. One stuff up. Let's get stuck straight into today. And we've got a pretty interesting one that we're covering off on. Uh, looking at a modern psychologist. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably a bit controversial, but I'm not really sure why. Jordan Peterson. Do you want to tell us a bit about what he's done, Tom? Yeah. So I think... Um, uh, I don't know. He's relatively famous, I would say, but more so for us because we've done so much work in and around the stuff that he talks about. So Canadian psychotherapist, um, you know, grew up in the 70s uh, and 80s, has some very interesting views on how society should perform better and how humans should perform better. So he calls himself a, you know, British liberal, classic British liberal. He often gets referred to as highly right wing um, and maybe somewhat of a socialist, but he probably would argue the contrary. Um, But really... When he gets down to it, he focuses on wanting people to be able to reach their own potential, which is one of the reasons why we align to a lot of what he talks about um, before they judge others and the world around them. And then he links that to all sorts of social problems that we see, you know, everything from gender diversity to um, ageism to economic policy to all sorts of different things. So he has a very interesting view on a lot of things he's famous for two books that are quite worth reading if you haven't read them his first was maps of meaning which is a little bit hard to get through that he put out in the 90s and his most recent book is 12 rules for life um, in 2018 that's actually a really really interesting book and i thought i might start with a couple of interesting rules that he has from that book um, which i think speaks to how peterson views the world Mm -hmm. i mean i'd love to read all 12 but it kind of defeats the purpose of the podcast so I think the first one is stand up straight with your shoulders back. And he goes into a lot of detail around how to be a confident, successful person, whether it's being a great parent or being the world's best CEO. It starts with basic biology, posture, and how you carry yourself. Um, Another one that I liked is set your own house in perfect order before you criticize the world, which speaks to the way that people often judge what they see but haven't sorted their own life out personally or professionally. The third one um, that I quite like is um, pursue what is meaningful, uh, not what is expedient. Uh, And he talks a lot about that in 12 Rules for Life around to be successful in your life, 
you need to do meaningful things and there's a lot of psychology and biology in why that's important but often we just try to do the things that are quick fixes and easy and it's to the detriment of society anyway so that was a broad overview i think he's an interesting guy and we're going to talk about a lot of interesting things mm. <coughs> what i couldn't put my finger on is how would you describe in one sentence what's he famous for why has he gotten so much traction particularly if he's written books in the 90s and it's feel like it's only the last sort of five to ten years that he's actually gotten a lot more traction uh, he popped on the radar in Canada when he did that thing around the, um, what was that thing? The bill where he was saying they wanted to change and legalize the, the gender terminology for transgender individuals. And he did an online podcast or video series around the fact that you can't force people to use particular language and then hold them against the law when they don't call a transgender person by the right name it's counterintuitive to transgender people actually. And he got quite famous for making, and this is probably to his point, he gets quite famous for making arguments that people think are right wing. Or yeah, like, yeah. Racist, sexist or something, but actually it's the, the theory behind it is the contrary. Mm. Um, that's when he got famous. And then I think he's probably well known for some of those news articles where he fights some um, gender equality in some interesting ways. Mm. Mm. Do you think, what do you think of Jordan Peterson's followers? Who do you think is actually reading his research and engaging with it? Everyone uh, is. What's that? Everyone is. You've got someone that's saying responsibility matters to people, mm. not ideas. No one said that in years. You, you can, yeah, the guy is contentious because he's serious. He believes in Carl Jung, mm. which is different than every other professor. So in every way, he's trailblazing. And he lives the, his ideals, which he's not perfect. He stood up for what he believes in, which is that scenario. And people misinterpret that scenario as mm. um, a fight against, um, I guess, political correctness. It was, it's more of a fight against you can't control language. Mm. It, the first step that every totalitarianism state is to tell you what to say, no matter if it's right or left. And that's what everyone misses because it's not the nice bit. But if you watch the full clip every time, that's the argument. Like, that's the so what, therefore. I think Jordan Peterson is like the... He's the guy that's most famous for being everyone's new dad. <laughs> Well, that's funny because I think he would statistically say most of his followers are young men because he talks a lot about how to improve masculinity. Yeah, I think most of, like, we, you know, he talks about these events, how it's pretty sort of interesting how they, they split. Mm. Uh, I think it's um, more dangerous for women to say that they like him. Mm. Oh, I agree Publicly. completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, you know... Even though it's actually more empowering for them to do that. Well, I, the guy is a little bit like, um, he's a very, very smart man. And he's, you could tell he's thought about a lot for a long time. And you can tell he doesn't like conflict. So everything that he's doing, including him now being in um, rehab and hospital, is it's very hard for him to do what he just did. And that's pretty interesting. But in order for him to live his ideals that he puts in his books or... To put in the idea of Carl Jung's thing, which is, um, you know, the, there's some real interesting concepts that 
he's been able to translate. And the thing that makes him very interesting is, well, he says a lot of very abstract and complex, deep psychological Mm. ideas, but then converts them into very, 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 very simple speak Mm. and then shows you how they are across the test of time. So that then creates a great story. Uh, And the reason his YouTube videos actually gain a lot of traction before the C, I think C16 or in Canada Mm. uh, political issue was every story is, here is how it relates in this type of religion uh, and he does Buddha, he does, he does them all, and this is what people don't see. And here's how it relates to this Disney movie. And this is why this Disney movie you find interesting. You don't know why, but this is what it is. Mm. And then this is the specific language lesson that you need to learn. And that's why they actually, that's why this guy has this following. It's like, here is this huge complex ideal that humans have been dealing with for the test of time. Here is it within our history. Here is it within Disney. And then here is what it means for you right now. And when he says it, if you watch him, I think he's like a linguistic learner, but he constantly has a conversation with himself. Mm. And you constantly, when he's talking, you can see when he gets a new idea, he goes, oh, that's interesting. Like, and then he starts speaking to himself about it and brings himself back. So, Which is probably why he hates conflict so much because he's so specific wow. and well thought in how he argues. Yeah. So he doesn't appreciate. There's a few sort of things that have risen out of it. It's like, well, the there's a few ideas. This and this is what this guy makes this guy a bit of a, I guess, game changer. And I, I'm a I'm a fan of him. And the reason I'm a fan of him is, um, the political correctness thing is just his battle. Mm. But if you ever watch any of his long form conversations, they go much broader and deeper in a lot of other areas. What he's actually getting more and more known for is long-form conversations about all types of topics that are considered taboo and young people want to talk about them mm-hmm. because there's more information than people that are in charge have ever had. You don't need to have the university to have all this information. The second thing is he understands the power of something like YouTube and how it's a game changer for getting ideas out and that pisses everyone off because <laughs> they don't like that he can do that. And the last thing is... It's probably why he likes Rogan so much. Everyone talks about, thinks that news is short, sharp clips. And that's the news model. We're going to get click through. So now they've got, you know, sh- now we've got long form conversations where we might get somewhere sharing information, which is more valuable than the short click through articles. Mm-hmm. And they're getting more traction. And that's what people really like. There's a reason why people watch reality TV. There's a reason, like, you're seeing, like, the idea that quality of conversation and content of one piece was better than the amount of information you could have. So being, knowing one thing really well and questioning it over and trying to know everything is the other phenomenon this guy has. Mm. Um, I think when we talk about our interesting person of the week, that idea of long-form content, why it's so popular will become very clear. Well, he's one of the reasons why it is. Mm. He's one of the reasons why people that were non you know, Joe Rogan or any of them's traditional audiences started to, um, like it shifts mm. the Joe Rogan sort of podcast from UFC or crazy ideas to deep philosophy. Like mm. he's like the one of the guys that came on that did that. So you make psychology, philosophy, rules for life and responsibility cool. And the thing I like about him is that he's like, well, you know, 
now that I've got this attention, I better do something good with it. Mm. And then just does like 250 trips. So the guy's, um, he's tried to be an entrepreneur. He's tried to be all these things. One of the things that I really, I, I link to about it is this, um, and I was explaining this to one of my friends who was a female CEO the other day. And he explains this idea of, well, you know, one of the things that reason I'm getting a lot of traction is I'm telling people that are, that are getting targeted uh, passively and directly in, at young ages, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm. There's nothing wrong with young men that want to build stuff. There's nothing wrong with if you can't keep their attention. The story I really like about him is he was growing up in uh, Alberta in this rough town and, and his friends started getting really, like, they're becoming men. And they just... They got sick of their character being questioned all the time. Mm. Everything that the, the, the teacher appeared was wrong. It was their character. Like if they got something right and the teacher didn't like that they got something right and their ego was hurt, it was their character. So they just stopped coming to school. I'm sick of my character being questioned by you. Your character is worse. Like why would I follow you? So, you know, he's a pretty interesting dude. The, the thing that I, that I find very appealing about him though is he's consistent he didn't just get on the like the blower once and go, you're all a bunch of idiots. He got on the blower and he went, I'm going to put in myself in the most difficult conversations where I'm going to get attacked and I am not going to break character. Like I am not going to let them let me succumb to my own ego. I am just going to continually push back with the with queries to make people realize that you can question these people because that's what he does the majority of the time mm. he questions what they're saying to him and they're not used to it and the only, he only questions them at like three layers and the, what he's really trying to prove is you can question these people question them and the second thing is just be responsible for your existence mm. and that's you know there's no one that's telling you to be responsible for your existence you're getting told in school that everyone is great you can do anything he says it as one save of the world treat what is yourself it? like someone you're responsible for helping well, well you know, talks about be the be the strongest person at your father's funeral is yeah. the, the thing that resonated with me. But um, you know, the interesting concept is like uh, the conservatives for the first time. Uh, and he, he talked about politics a lot because North America likes politics. Mm. That's what they like to talk about. They it's, like to identify by it. Well, I, they do like to identify by it, but I, they like to identify with ideas more. Uh, it's a it was a country that was founded off a, a set of ideas that were written by a lot of people. That's not normal. Most countries are, were a monarchy, right? They don't. You know, the court didn't really have a say in everything. Mm. So you've got, you know, that's just part of his appeal. It's not the only thing he talks about, though. And if it's the majority of the content that's online that's been generated, him isn't talking about that. Mm. He's talking about things like the archetypes, the fundamental truths, like mainly just Carl Jung and translating it. Um, I think he's done a great job of taking what Carl Jung used to believe in and turning it into everyday uh, yeah. stories. Like. I, yeah, I, and maybe I, it's actually more that he's just yeah. here now and he happens to be on YouTube. Yeah. Like if Carl, yeah. Jung, if Carl like, Jung was on YouTube, maybe we'd be doing the same. It's three phenomenons lining up. One, realizing that YouTube's a mechanism uh, to deliver learning. Mm. Two, long-form conversations are better than short content. And he's a three, fantastic teacher. Yeah. Those YouTube lectures yeah. at University of three, um, Harvard. Yeah. If they're presenting you the opportunity that they want to take you down, go into every fight with them possible. And mm. he did it. And as mm. much as anyone doesn't like his ideas or whatever, I'd implore you to research them. But it, it almost he, broke him though. He, well, he did, well, I think it did. But the, 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 big, the big thing out of it is the guy went on stage for two years mm. and just like kept hitting at him. 
he didn't he didn't bow down. And I think you'll probably find the guy is actually quite liberal. He's not. Well, that's he definitely far right so he sort of person. Yeah, like you don't. It's just every news article about him says he's far right because that's what they want to argue. But he's not like that at all. Yeah, I want to touch on what does this mean for someone like John Peterson? What does that say about modern day psychologists? Is do you think he's only famous because of all the controversial things he says? And do you think that people like us would be sitting here discussing him if he hadn't have said those controversial things and been able to access all the interesting? other insightful things that he said well the interesting thing about politics is how it links the human psyche Hmm. so the difference is the guy's a professional clinical psychologist Hmm. with years of experience running his own business so every time they try to push this argument in it he's like i know the research that's not true and then he'd go through each case and they didn't they don't know what to do and that's sort of part of his um the idea that he's a practicing psychologist still whilst doing all of these things gives him a substantial advantage in a number of spaces and makes him have a substantial amount of interest in who he is. I would say he's more famous because he talks about things that people are inherently interested in, not mm. because he's controversial. That's No, I agree, but you, like we even said what he's famous for and it was a controversial moment. It's, what, it's whether he would have even gotten to the spotlight without talking that way. Yeah, maybe, yeah. He does like to look at the big five. What's, why do you think he finds the big five, which we've discussed previously, so interesting? I think it's because it's the easiest tool for people to understand. Like, it's easy to describe how to improve someone's temperament. But he really talks about a lot of complex ideas in a very simple manner. He definitely talks a lot about how the the amount of research that sits in and around the big five um, far outweighs mm. the, uh, I forget the right term, is it the statistical research for the other traits. So is it case. the simplicity behind it, but also partnered with the fact that it's actually been... It's incredibly re- robust. Yeah. yeah. Because he talks a about... A lot of psychologists tried to disprove it. I'm not sure, you, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure if you read, read some of the background research sent through, but he talks about how he hates the Myers-Briggs test. Yeah. And then people have sat down and tried to analyse what his Myers-Briggs result would be. Yeah. It's like, why? What's the point of that? I think you're right. I think he, like, it's very easy to translate for people, which is one of the reasons why we want to use it as well. Yeah, people will find it very easy. And remember, he's trying to make people better. Mm. It's actually one of the tests that's really designed to show you how you can improve based on what you need at that point in your life which is not like the other tests mm. Jordan Peterson is an individual where do you think he sits on some of those big five traits I think the point you've been talking about around neuroticism sounds like the work that he's done has been pretty impactful on him as an individual I don't think that's the most the most interesting trait for me was agreeableness because he's actually quite agreeable mm. and he talks quite a lot about that and when he gets asked about his big five he's actually relatively agreeable but he's constantly trying to explain things to people so they understand the true facts of it, which makes him appear very disagreeable. Mm. Agreeable is a pretty interesting trait. Everyone thinks that makes you a yes man. Mm. Uh, it, a lot of people forget that it's um, it's, one of the, it's how you become likable. You can't lead a team unless you've got a requisite level of agreeableness. You can't drive collaboration to an outcome. So... Um, that doesn't mean the guy doesn't query or stand up for what he believes in, but he's one of those guys that if you shared a piece of information that made the whole system change, he would change his mind and go, that makes sense. On the spot, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that's the difference between people that 
truly discussed ideas and concepts and try to understand them versus not. I think one of the reasons he comes back to the big five and sometimes he contradicts himself on his descriptions of people and that's okay. It's not, I don't think he's actually contradicting himself. I think he's just getting new information and sort of adjusting his approach. Um, I personally think that he's neurotic. He's a creative, so mm. his neuroticism is probably a bit high. Um, and he doesn't come from a, a background where you've got to fight all the time. So, you know, he's a pretty interesting dude. Like, he's an academic that became a clinical psychologist. Um, hearing him listen to how he coached he was coaching all these high professional women mm. how to sort their life out people can't fathom they're like well you know all the people that are listening to you are men but all of the clients that you've dealt with are female and it sort of puts them in this juxtaposition where yeah. you know that's a very simple idea that you think the idea of responsibility only works with things like men you know that's and that that's what he's up against it's not like and I think what you've seen with him is he's sort of like apolitical. So most of those long-form discussion guys are not. So I think some of the value of him is that he's apolitical. Like there's no... Are people trying to put a label on him and he doesn't... I, no, but it doesn't stick. Mm. And that's the thing. Well, he's so well thought out in which values he aligns with and why. Yeah, but like, they, like you, there's a debate you want to watch. It's got like uh, two guys from the right. Well, they they put Pierce in the right, and then you know two people. Well, there's like three people on the left, and the old like libertarian is like the guy that wants to discuss the ideas and can change his mind, and the younger ones are just like ah, like outrage, and like the older guys like you're just never gonna win. And by the end of it, him and you can see like him and Jordan Peterson had a great relationship with each other through the, the course of the conversation. Do they agree on everything? No, because they're, they're, they're not disagreeing because of political ideas. And this is where people mix up their, pro, their expertise and knowledge with their political ideals. They're looking at it from two different perspectives. Like, you're a, you've got a psychologist looking at how to solve the world from helping individuals solve themselves to solve the world. And then you've got someone that's looking at how do we organize systems so systems organize people to solve the world's problems. Hmm. They're both not wrong. It's probably the answer somewhere in the middle. But you can sort of look at it and go, well, I could use these liberal policies to create these new systems that sort the world out. Whereas Peterson's like, well, we don't need systems to sort the world out if people are responsible. And if, they, if they're responsible, they'll actually look after people. And it's too hard to scale that idea without grouping people. Mm. So if you want these actual things that aren't related to race, gender, and the rest of them, people just need to take responsibility for their actions and sort themselves out. And that, like, you go, oh, well, that's a... Well, how does that... Whereas, a, like, say, a conservative in that argument with a similar background to the systems thinker, right, or policy thinker will be like, well, we need these systems and these systems. And he's just sitting there going, you don't need either system. Mm. The only reason that you'd be more aligned to the right side of uh, politics is that what the conservatives will say is that we need uh, less government intervention and a free market. So the market decides that someone needs to be responsible for their actions. You lose your job. Your business isn't going to make money. So it sort of aligns to their way of thinking a little bit more, which is let the world operate as if there isn't control. 
um, or that there is enough control that the game's not rigged. But you know, but then because they're control freaks, the game starts to be rigged, and then the whole but thing. But then plays the whole out. the term right wing now has been accosted yeah, by. But the big thing is people misconstrue this dude, and I think it's because he's just looking at it from an individual person up mm. and that this is the same psychological journey everyone else goes on whereas everyone looks at it from a portfolio of ideas related to an ideal concept of the world like and this is back to Carl Jung right the concept of the world is judged by the ideal you that's your concept of the world mm. so everything's about him and what must have really bothered people is that he wrote a self-help book with very complex ideas that became very simple terms and they were creative. Like the, the reason why it was successful compared to a normal self-help book is that it was like Carl Jung's ideas over time, but then creative names for them. You're talking about 12 Rules for Life? Yeah. yeah. Like they were like creative it's, names. And it sold something ridiculous. It wasn't like I'm thinking like 30 million people. copies or something. Like it's massive bestseller in Canada. Mm. and Yeah. Well, do you think he's... He's basically the modern version of a philosopher. He thinks about things at a different level. I'd agree with that. Mm. In well, I think there's an element of philosophy in what he talks about. I just I keep coming back to that idea that he puts it in just puts it down and looks up. Yeah, puts it in a way that everyday person can actually think about it mm. and think about how yeah. they can change their behavior. But the difference is, is he's using vehicles mm. that are new so he's like, he's not like, so let's say the typewriter's invented, but the papers are still in um, handwritten sentiments. He's not writing a thousand handwritten sentiments. He's just the first guy to use the typewriter correctly. So how you use YouTube correctly, he's got something like 400 videos of long form content. He didn't know what he was creating, mm. but then he's got an audience of students that comes through every year. So if you're creating videos for 10 years and you have 10,000 students, your audience is just going along and along and along. So he's stumbled, like whether he planned it or not, he's using the typewriter of its day better than anyone else, better than companies are using it to generate opportunities. So that's the guy's difference. Like mm. he, he's using the typewriter before the newspapers are mm. and they can't get the hang of it because he's just, he's too consistent. Like you can just keep going back and back and back and back and back to all mm. these lectures. <clears throat> and now he's got to the point where people are just cutting all of his stuff. So he, like he doesn't even need to post anything. They'll just recut everything. So now there's thousands and thousands and thousands of videos on this platform. And that's, uh, you know, if that's been done on purpose, then the dude's a very smart man. Before we shift gears and talk about interesting person of the week, if you're someone listening to this podcast and you want to do some research and read about Jordan Peterson, oh, yeah. where do you actually start? I would, I would 100% start on YouTube. Yeah. And just get into a YouTube hole just and just go and like watch him deliver those lectures. Go watch at the Harvard. lectures. Like, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch the lectures where he's at college. Yeah. That's where you see a lot of like he's a lot of You just wish that you're all your a, lecturers were like you're that. You're seeing a very, very small part if you watch the shorter videos that are about uh the young self help stuff or um mm. the political stuff. You're not you know, you're not getting a more holistic view. And I mean, we always talk about getting people to watch the podcast. That he's got two, two really long Joe Rogan podcasts. Three. three. Well, what a lovely segue into who our interesting person of the week is. Here to help. <laughs> so, talk about Joe Rogan. Obviously, a very good friend of Jordan Peterson. He does a lot of those great podcasts. As you said is probably a good place to start if people want to start looking into it. 
What do you think's been so effective about Joe Rogan while he's built the audience that he has? Well, it's the same thing. It's like um, the model of YouTube is the longer the videos that are natural and organic, the more views you get. So, you know, what started as an idea of um, a, a way of talking about concepts has become the most successful one. And they're consistently plus two, two hours. Mm. The other thing is Joe Rogan's got vehicles to drive people to his podcast, right? So, you know, he's a commentator for the UFC. He's a stand-up comedian. All of these guys have multiple avenues to drive an audience to listen to them speak. Um, the other thing about, I think, that's interesting about Rogan's success on podcasting is he's very, very good at questioning people to the point where he's probably one of the best in the world at it. Mm. And the... And, you know, you might, he might not have been when he started. He might just have been okay at it because he was a stand-up comedian. So, you know, they're pretty good at having conversations. But if you do, like, plus a thousand podcasts that are three hours long and with very smart people, you are, like, there's no journalist in the world that's doing that. <laughs> so your ability to get better as a, I guess, um, uh, uh, I think, like... Um, Jordan Peterson describes him as a ferocious interviewer, like, but he does it in such a manner that that everyone likes him, mm. um, and that's what makes him successful. It's like you are consistently having long form conversations that are simple, and now what people are liking is they're just getting better by driving better insights. And he's one of the things I like about him. He's a very, 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 very good host. Like, he knows how to run a conversation. And it looks like and it's he, unplanned and chaotic, but it's like he's I reckon crazy. He's, okay, I reckon 100%. He might, I, reckon, I don't reckon it's planned. You don't reckon? No. I reckon, I reckon, 100%. I reckon he's that curious. How that can he, he sit there and plan for yeah, I reckon someone he, to come up for... Uh, Elon Musk come and spoke a spliff. Like, like, no, no, he doesn't I, plan I reckon, for that, but he knows the outcome he wants. That, he knows reckon, how he wants to make you look on that, the podcast. that open-minded and that curious mm. that he just knows what to ask. And he's just gotten good at it. So... I don't know, maybe you lined up and said, hey, Elon, we're going to smoke some shit. On and, you know, Joe, Joe Rogan's a pretty interesting dude. Like, he's the <coughs> classic sort of warrior guy mm. that wants to push, you know, the, the physical boundaries. Uh, and he's taken that same sort of methodology and applied it to ideas, which has given him a bridge to appreciate people like Peterson, who, you know, you would consider as a little bit like a weedy academic. And we always talk about how comedians are the most effective at conveying the truths of society. Yeah, I think... They're the most effective at conveying the truth and finding them out. Mm. One of the things I uh, people really misunder um, underestimate about comedians is how easy it is for them to get information out of you because <laughs> of how relaxed they make you feel. Mm. Um, and I think he has that bit of a lure, like he, you know, uh, he has a bit of boyhood wonder that rubs off on people as he speaks to them. Mm. Uh, and. It, he's an interesting guy like he like he just he's just he's that guy that wants to hear all the information from the person who said it not reading it somewhere yeah not an opinion piece yeah and like well just not written any like one of the things that was really interesting the other day he's like oh I don't do appearances or mm. interviews anywhere anymore he goes there's no point he goes I don't want to be attacked for no reason <laughs> what's the point and it was a really interesting comment it was like well okay it's similar back to the Bezos comment. We're just not going to do any marketing, right? What's the point? We're just going to get attacked. Let's mm. just 
hire find customers and celebrate customers until there's so many of them that you don't need to do any marketing. It's that's a that that sort of approach is pretty interesting. He's a sort of liberal sort of really liberal guy though, so um, you would think him and Peterson wouldn't like each other, but I think where him and Peterson are like each other is that he's the He's the unusual guy in your infantry platoon that ends up being the most gallant. Mm. Like, not the fastest, not the biggest, the most quiet, and then does the most gallant thing. Like, just rock-solid values. Well, mm. like, he just... <coughs> like, he went to war. Mm. He didn't want to go. He didn't train for life. And now he's doing it. And mm. I think someone like um, Rogan, who's trained for it for so long, I think you can, if you ever watch those podcasts between the two of them, you can see the uh, sort of mutual respect mm. um, of that. And yeah, he's, he's well, a, I mean, I think but he also, what I like about Rogan too, though, is he also does stuff for entertainment. So he, he's worked out how to split his podcasts up between really strong ideas about really technical concepts and then bring on really entertaining people and talk about other things. Like Alex Jones, that dude's hilariously entertaining. Like, if I you watch that podcast, he's, like, <coughs> insane. Joe Rogan's funny. one of those guys. Like, one of um, Jordan Peterson's rules for life was um, compare yourself to how you were yesterday, not how someone else is today. Mm. And Joe Rogan's a good example of someone who is trying to be the best version of himself mm. but not fit into the mould of what someone expects of a comedian, a UFC fighter, a podcaster, a famous person. Like, mm. he kind of does all those little things, like... He likes getting on DMT. He's got a few sports cars. He's got plenty of money. Like, but he's so open to experience and curious. Peterson's just like, this guy's just on his journey. And he's mm. comparing himself to yesterday. He doesn't care what anybody else thinks about what he should be. And he's got that ability to make everyone feel comfortable. Mm. The Jordan Peterson interviews, they're actually probably a very good place to start because you can noticeably see how relaxed Jordan Peterson is when he's having a conversation with him because it's not adversarial. Well, that's a good point. He's not, he knows he's not going to get attacked, but they're yeah. going to have an interesting conversation. Yeah, and he's going to get across his viewpoint without having to argue. Which comes to your point about he hates conflict. Because when he gets on those news programs and he knows he's just going to get yelled at for no reason, with no logic, with no research, mm. and obviously that pisses him off. Well, one of those podcasts is with Jordan about why does he keep doing it? Mm. Why are you doing it to yourself, man? Like he pretty much says those words. Why are you doing it to yourself? He goes, they're just coming for you. And he goes, they're getting better. Like, they're getting better people to come for you and they're still not winning. Mm. And it's pretty interesting. Jordan Peterson's like, that's my cross to bet. That's why I have to keep doing it. Well, I think, correct. That's, you know. And how, how do you compare Joe Rogan, what he's done, to the conversation that we had last week around Oprah? Obviously, different mediums, but different points in time. Do you see a parallel there? Well, all he has to do is give away a car at the right <laughs> point in time, and he'll take the rest of the market. Uh, it's just, yeah, you, you build a vehicle through entertainment yeah. and then use it to discuss complex ideas because you realize you have a responsibility. That's, it's a very similar story to Oprah. Different, different target market, different, different audience. Age, different mm. age groups. Yeah. But the ability to build something yourself and build your own media audience, I think, has been pretty impressive from both of them. Like he just sold his podcast to Spotify for they reckon about a hundred million bucks to host it just on their platform. Yeah, and I think both of them. What I like about both of them is they don't really care about the polish and the fanfare. Mm. 
Oprah was very much about the fanfare, but it was part of her image and the target market she was going for. These guys, it's more, it's truthful. Mm. Like it's raw, it's humanity. Like that's what they do. I think it works for them. I'll still remember him for Fear Factor. <laughs> Reality-based TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to cover off on Joe Rogan? Jordan Peterson, final thoughts? No, I think... Actually, I would say they probably have very similar big fives. I don't know. I just wouldn't put them in a bucket to say that if you're a male, you should listen to them. 100% you should do that. You shouldn't put them in a bucket and I think everyone does and I don't think I think there's a lot of males that do oh you know that's just yeah, UFC or mm. grow up start le- listening to what people are really saying and look at how many times they say it and look at what resources they're saying and look at why they're saying it and you know the idea that you could come up against an argument where someone is just saying that you know that they're far right because they're telling young people to be responsible adults is beyond me um and the thing that I th- find interesting is it's a fairly new phenomenon that people are watching people speak for three hours. Mm. Like, it's an old, 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 old idea. And, uh, for example, like, in the US, they don't talk for that long about things. In Australia, you ain't go to the pub for five hours. It's a you remember the Greeks and the Romans but now just go and talk all day. Yeah, well, there's people that talk all day because there's nothing to do. <coughs> so I think you're seeing something, and these two guys are a part of it. And there are a lot of people that are a part of this, and there there's a lot of conversations. And unfortunately, a lot of the conversations at the moment keep get brought back to political ideals rather than mm. um, human values ideals and psychology where a lot of this stems from and my my thought on on these guys is that is that you can put them in a a, a bucket and and say that they, well they talk to these types of people and you know because that they sit on a podcast with a t-shirt and, and have some rum that means that they're even the worst types of people because they're not wearing the suit the right way or Whatever. Who cares? Like who cares? Listen to what he's saying. Like yeah. don't. And that's but that's the the phenomenon that you've got people that are addicted to watching hours and hours and hours of conversation mm. with no pre-prepared content, with no producer calling what to say next. So real talk, not acting, and that real talk is above the chaos of reality TV. Um, is probably highlighting that. The idea of meaning has become very important again because we've just gone through a revolution because I don't remember my father sitting there and going, oh, you know, when we were growing up, this is the guy that was like Jordan Peterson. Like, oh, this is the guy that mm. was like... There isn't. Mm. They didn't sit there and watch people talk for three hours. So you're having a renaissance attached to a revolution, which is what's happening right now. Figure out what information you'd like to take from it. But when you're taking that information, stop looking at who's saying it and listen to what they're saying mm. and how they're saying it. And how they're saying it is you'll see these guys, they they really, really reinforce the point of the really simple sort of idea and double down on it. So that's my thought on it. What has Jordan Peterson contributed to psychology? Because um, I know a lot of these podcasts have been about testing. Well, the simple thing that I think he's contributed to psychology that's greatly underestimated, and there was a whole book written by this psychologist that, that just attacked his first book, and it was, it was just immature. 
Mm. Um, because you could, at the end of the day, the guy was disagreeing because he just agreed with Sigmund, and he couldn't. He didn't need to write an article. He could just say, "I don't believe in Carl Jung. I believe in Sigmund Freud." Yeah. But he had to destroy, like, um, and you know when someone called you a child in a written article, yeah. that their arguments are pretty weak if they're attacking you and calling you a Personally, child. Yeah. Yeah. Not, so not scientifically or the yeah. thing that I think Peterson's contributed, and I don't think a lot of people are aware of it. Like you just said, oh, is it philosophy? No, he's just taken very complex things that we're starting to learn or, or relearn or understand by something by someone like Carl Jung which we discussed and he's saying them to you in a way that is very simple but because you're used to querying he then provides the realistic data the localized data and then the contextual data across time mm. and how you can understand it and then reinforces it through an analogy like Disney and then does it in the most attractive way right now, which is long form conversations on the most attractive platform. Mm. And that's what he's contributing, which was what none of these guys nailed. If you want to think about it, Freud nailed it. I'm this eccentric dude that gets this platform. Jung couldn't get a platform. This guy's going, well, I'm going to celebrate Jung's ideas, but I'm going to get a platform. Mm. And it sort of highlights to his brain, which is, well, I'm going to think about this differently. He's a highly creative person. Um, and of course, as with anyone that's highly creative, you've hurt people and you've made mistakes because you try things. So he has contributed a lot to, I think, explaining Carl Jung's ideas in a simplistic manner on a huge platform to audiences that want to hear it. Don't put the buck in the audience to go, well, his audiences are men. No, that was just the easiest platform to attract people but he's constantly tried to scale outside that platform to share the same message and to hit different types of people um, and reinforce the same points. And I think you, you have to respect that guy for that. And as for Joe, Joe's the guy making it happen. Like, he's the guy that's got the, invented the typewriter. You know, YouTube might have just put some videos online, but... Joe was doing podcasts in 2010, so he got good at it before podcasts became popular. So when they started yeah. getting the uptick, he was already he was already doing good podcasts. But like you just you know, how do you know that you know Joe is more important than YouTube? Well, Spotify just paid him a lot of money. <laughs> so, and you know, well, how does that change YouTube? It might, like, it might change YouTube's value. So, you know, you've got the guy inventing the typewriter, the guy that wants to master the typewriter, but say these old ideas that no one understood that we should have understood in the first place. And you combine that together, you've got a pretty weaponized uh, team of people sharing deep psychological ideas. Yeah, and I like what you said about it's about human nature. Mm. That's, what I, that's what I really like about Peterson. It's about human nature. It's not about the surface level self-help or political ideals or social ideals. It's about human nature. And he talks a lot about, we talked about young men. Young men should absolutely get across what Peterson talks about he talks about masculinity and femininity traits and how society absolutely relies on those traits to be successful he doesn't talk about men and women mm. and young men need to understand the difference yeah like you can be a masculine female CEO and get attacked as much as a male CEO that's masculine it's the idea of it mm. it's mm. it's a it's an interesting point I, I think to as you relate back to all these guys like Golden and Flo the Peterson knows all these guys' theories. Like he, if you listen to his podcast, he talks about flow. He talks about all yep. of these things, and he's been able to link them all to you. Like, so you know, like, yes, we need a free economy, but you should do what's competent. 
He talks about managerial hierarchies and human competence. People don't like that. He then talks about, well, if you don't sort your temperament out, here are the problems that you've got. So he takes Freud's and he splits by, it apart. By age. He splits it apart yeah. and goes, well, bang. And then he goes, well, these are the young ideas of here are the deep, sub, you know, unconscious things that are going to happen in a lot of your life and you're going to deal with it. And then he does that. And then at the end of it, you do all these long-form conversations and he just goes, well, you know what? The best thing you can do is, you know, just have a crack. Hmm. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, that's all I need to do? <laughs> that was really interesting. But, you know, it's the end of Beethoven 1 and, and you just see the dog eat the ice cream. Like, that dog got in some really complicated <laughs> shit and it's fucking running around. At one point, he's driving a car. This is a, this is this big dog. And at the end of it, he's just having an ice cream with his girlfriend. Oh, that's cool. Like, the dogs are happy. They've got an ice cream. The bad guy's not trying to steal their puppies. Yeah. That's, that's Peterson to a T. Here's this complex journey that I take you on across all of these psychologists that were uh, psychoanalysts. Just, just stand up tall. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I can do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> just give your dog an ice cream. Like. And then unfortunately, <laughs> what too many people just hear is, oh, women generally don't make good engineers and oh, Peterson's ah. sexist. Like, yeah. ignore all that. All right, we'll leave it there then. Fellas, thank you.